today as I hear your word, my faith will be energized. I confess I'll not only hear it, I'll also do it. Because I hear it and I do it, my life won't stay the same. Thank you, Lord, for your life-changing, ever-living, miracle-working word. In Jesus' name, I make this confession. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to take a, a little break from um, the series that Pastor Scott is involved in, and he's going to be uh, coming back with that uh, beginning uh, next Sunday, be sharing with you. And um, praise the Lord. He's got a revolution. He's been talking about New Year's revolutions, and uh, it's been really good. I've been blessed by all of the, the sharing. Today I'm going to... Uh, share something a little different with you. I'm going to use two passages of scriptures, so if you take your Bible and go with me to the book of Hebrews, there's two different chapters, chapter 4 and chapter 10, and I just want to read a verse there. And let's just just thank the Lord that God, he's going to just speak to our hearts. I believe this can, um, this can be a good, this can be a good you know, I, I, I find it interesting when, when a lot of times people just get up and say, this is a life-changing event. But you know it should be a life-changing event when we have the Word. And so I believe, I believe this can be life-changing for us. Praise the Lord. But two passages of Scripture, Hebrews 4, 14, says, Seeing then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. We have a great high priest who's into the heavens, and we know in heaven he is serving there one of the ministries of the Lord as intercessor. Praise the Lord. And it says, let us hold fast our confession. If you go to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, in the 23rd verse, again, the writer says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. New King James says, King James says, faith. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. Uh, On the Wednesdays, probably for maybe six weeks or so, I've been sharing a series of teachings that I've been uh, been calling uh, How to Fight the Good Fight of Faith. And uh, of course, taking that from 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, where that the Apostle Paul um, is, is schooling his son in the faith, and he he is talking to him about that, and he says, you know, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold, uh, grab eternal life. Or so we've been talking about living the life of faith, and in that series, uh, I've been stressing the point that the greatest hindrance to our living the victorious life of faith is a lack of knowledge of the Word of God. It's an abs- it's absolutely, uh, you know, the premier thing that that stands between us and being able to live in the victory that God has for us. It is so easy for us as Christians to say, you know, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I believe the Bible. I believe everything in the Bible. I believe the Old Testament. I believe the New Testament. I believe every ink spot in the Bible, every word, every jot, every tittle, you know, every page, every sentence, paragraph, front to back, you know, from the introductions to to the maps. 
It's easy for us to say we're believers, that we believe the Bible, when in fact and in actuality we do not believe the Bible. Now don't throw things at me because you say I am a believer, but sometimes we don't believe the Bible because we do not know what the Bible says. And we actually believe foolishly things that are actually contrary to what the Bible says. Amen? So, you know, if we were to get technical about it, and we're getting pretty deep here, but, it, you know, if we get technical about it, then we'd have to say we are unbelievers. Though we say we're believers, but we'd have to say, no, I'm an unbeliever, not so much because I refuse to believe, but because of the lack of knowledge of the Word of God. Just don't know. Because listen to me, you cannot believe something you don't know. You cannot believe in something or just believe something that you have no concept, you have no idea even that it is or what it is or what it says. You can't believe it. So sometimes we, we, we just have to realize that the lack of understanding, the lack of knowledge of God's Word is one of the, if not the greatest hindrance to living a victorious life of faith. And by that I mean where the, the promises, the promised blessings, the health, the provision is being experienced as a reality, not as some future event that maybe when we get to heaven or at some perfect, you know, circumstances is going to have, is going to come to pass. But... Um, what we want to do is come to the place where we experience this, amen? The Bible should be experienced. The promises of the Word should be experienced. Now, when we get into the Scriptures, we, we have to realize that God's Word contains God's thoughts and God's ways. God's Word is a revelation of the way God thinks, of God's methods, of God's MO, of God's character, and of God's being. That's what the, the Bible does for us. You say, well, I just thought it was a book of history. Well, as you read it, and even in light of the book of history, you are going to see how God responds. You will see how God is. You'll see his nature. You'll see his character. You'll see what's important to him. You'll see what is not important to him. You'll see what pleases him. You'll begin to see what doesn't please him, what is holy to him, what is sacred to him, what is unholy to him, what is evil to him. You see, so the Bible reveals to us God, his ways, his nature, and his thoughts it, it, you know so um, as, as we begin to look at that then we have to also realize that he says that that his thoughts and his ways are not like our ways amen that the, the, the in Isaiah the 55th chapter he said listen he said my thoughts are not your thoughts my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are my ways your ways but as the heavens are higher than the earth Praise the Lord, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, here we have, we've got, we've got an earthly way to do things, and we've got earthly truth, but then we've got a godly way to, to do things, and we have, we have godly truth. And if God's thoughts and God's ways are higher, they're a higher path, they're a higher plane, they're on a higher level of understanding than ours, and then tie into that in order for us to fight a good fight of faith, we have to actually know God's word because he's only, he's, he's only responsible to bring about what he has said. So we have to know his word, and not only that, then we have to put our faith into that truth. And if that is true, 
that that is what is required for us to live a victorious life where the, the promises, the blessings, the health, the prosperity, all of the joy and all those wonderful things we read about, you know, are actually experiential reality, then it would seem to me that studying and meditating on and, and listening to and putting ourselves in an environment of, of, of hearing and learning about the Word would take on a level of priority that is in a category above just casual. It's in a, it's in a, a category above moderately important. It would take on the category of extremely important or of the most important. It, it becomes a life and a death situation for us. It becomes the difference between success and failure and sickness and wellness. To put it another way, it does matter that what we believe is actually the truth from God's Word. Amen? It does matter. Tell your neighbor it does matter. It does matter that what we believe is actually the truth of God's Word. It does matter what you believe. Somebody says, well, it just don't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere in your heart. That's, that is not true. It does matter what you believe because misplaced faith or faith that is placed in error will never produce for you the answers to your needs. Misplaced faith never produces answers. Can I have an amen? All right, let's go back then to our beginning scripture here. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, he said, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith or our hope without wavering, no change, steady, right on there, for he who promised is faithful. One of the ways I think that we can check out what we know from God's Word and what we're believing about His Word is that we can begin to, we, we could, if we begin to kind of listen to, closely listen to our confession for just a little while, if we begin to listen to our confession, you're going to really begin to, you're going to plug in to even listen to yourself. You'll begin to plug in to what you really believe. Amen? I, I can be around a person for a little while, you know, and if, if I tell myself, make myself, or if I focus my attention, but I could, I could be around you for a little while. We could just have some fellowship. And before long, I, I, I'll have a pretty good idea of what you believe. I can have a pretty, about a lot of things. I can have a pretty, pretty good idea of your knowledge, you know, where, where you are on, in your knowledge, in your pursuit of knowledge of the Word of God. Not that I'm a big judge of it. I'm not trying to say that, but you know, because the, word of, uh, the words of our mouth, uh, they expose us. Can I have an Amen. And sometimes I think we, you know, we, we're, we're really, you know, I think we're really standing on our faith because, you know, we've made, we make a good confession and we come to church and we, we know a scripture, we say a scripture, we quote that scripture, we make a good confession uh, kind of in between being normal. You know, real, like we said, well, just real. We make this, real is like being like the world. Real is like being you know, like everybody's secular around us. And we, we do. We can, we've got a word. We know, we know a scripture, and we, we do that. You know, we make this positive confession once in a while, and we think that we are really, 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 you know, we're walking the walk of faith. But now those two scriptures that we started with uh, help, us, help us see there's more to this. That they, they tell us that we are not just to make a confession kind of once in a while in between when we think of it, you know, because... Ooh, we want to draw ourselves back. But they tell us that we are to hold fast the confession 
of our faith. We are to hold fast the confession of our faith. Hold fast, what does that mean? Well, that means that you grab a hold of it and you do not turn it loose. You possess it, you retain it. To hold fast to something is, I mean, it's, in, it's drawn to you and you do not let it go. Now look, it says don't let it go. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Then it says, I'm, I'm looking at verse 23, it says without wavering, without wavering, there's no changing. There's, there's no changing when we're, when we're, you know, we're just thinking about, uh, we're thinking about the scripture and then when we're, we're just off doing the regular life, you know. No, it says without wavering, without doubting. The, the, the words of our mouth, the actions that, of our lives have to, have to be consistent. Amen. That comes as we truly know God's word, as we have a working knowledge of God's word, that God's word is bigger inside of us than our secular life. I need a little encouragement up here a little bit. Praise the Lord. I, I like an amen once in a while, you know. Uh, once in a while, somebody will stand up and... I like that, praise God. That, doesn't, that, that never has scared me. It never has you know, to do that. Now, notice here, it says, though, that you hold fast to it, hold fast to it, the confession of our faith. Why do we do that? Because he's faithful that promised. Ooh, glory to God. Tell your neighbor God's faithful. Do you really believe that God's faithful? Do you believe that if he said it, he'd actually do it? Do you believe that if he said you could have so that you, hey, that, that really, that, that really, that's not just, just to make a Christian feel good, that you could really have what God said. Yes. Hallelujah. D do you really believe that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost? That it really does put a smile on your face? Oh, my. I really believe that. I really believe that. I really believe that. Confession. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Now, you know, you start talking about confession, you know, the quote, confession and confession of our faith. And uh, it is a subject that's uh, had, a, it's had a lot of criticism over the last couple of decades. Uh, it's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, talk about it. And usually, usually it's from, uh, mostly, mostly from well-meaning well people because, you know, you, you have someone who... who uh, goes off in a spiritual ditch somewhere. You've got people that uh, they take a, a part of the, or a word of the scripture or, or some interpretation of a scripture and um, like a confession and they start claiming everything in the world and claiming outright, outrageous things and taking scriptures that are, uh, and t take them out of context and begin to confess and oh, well, if you confess this. So I see this particularly overseas, um, sometimes uh, it's, it's preached uh, real prevalent to people who really don't have very much knowledge about God's word because someone who doesn't have, oh my Lord, I don't want to go this route, but anyway, if you don't have very much knowledge of God's word, you're easily deceived. Come on now, you're easily deceived. The devil can deceive you and people can deceive you and the devil can take advantage of you and people can take advantage of you. you know, well, I got a sincere heart, but if you're deceived, you can still be, you know, Anyway, let me move on here. But, you know, well-meaning people, uh, so, but you've got people who, who confess this, you know, and they confess they have this, but you just say it over and over and over and over and over enough, and that, but you're making confessions that are based on twisted, uh, they're motivated by twisted greed, you know, 
And if you just do it, though, God's going to have to make it, God's going to make it, make it, make it happen, you know. And um, sometimes people just feel like, well, they're called in the body of Christ to correct everybody, so. I know you don't know anybody like that, but anyway. <laughs> praise the Lord. But anyway, you know, the subject is, is, uh, is controversial sometimes. And, uh, uh you know, if you if you start talking about it very much, is you get called the name it and claim it crowd. You know, anybody ever heard that little phrase? Yeah, or the blab it and grab it. I think that was you know. Those are the good good names. We're touching on the good names there. But just you know, just because somebody twists something uh, and twists the truth out of it doesn't make it bad. You know the old example of you take the baby and put it in the wash bucket and you wash it, wash it, wash it, wash it. When you get through, you throw out the water, but you don't throw away the baby, right? So uh, there is a wonderful truth that a lot of people just throw out having to do with confession um, that they're in, in they're, and they're missing, amen. So what do we have to do? We have to stay out of the ditch. Just stay out of the ditch, you know, you know the, uh, the, and realize that a true Bible confession is as much a part of the of the walk of faith as anything is. It, it's it's as much of uh, of the of, of believing and receiving as as anything is. You say, well, Pastor, what what is confession? You know, you start talking about uh, confessions of our faith. What is it? Um, let me just we've given you some things here. Maybe you'll write them down, and let's just talk about where we're coming from. When I talk to you about uh, making good confession. Confessing, confessing is, is having to do with the scripture, is affirming something that you believe. You're saying something that you believe. It's testifying to something that you know. Testifying to something that you know. It's witnessing for a truth that you've embraced. Confession involves saying it. Confession involves giving voice. It's agreeing with a truth from scripture. We're talking about it from, from the biblical standpoint. It's agreeing with a truth that comes from scripture in the context of biblical confession it's stating our agreement with god and his word amen it's it's basically our our, our biblical confession is just saying what god has said restating what god has said in the context in which god has said it amen and one of the undisputable realities about the confessions of our mouth is that our words locate us. Our words, they, they, they kind of, you know, it's possible to tell if a person is believing right or if a person is believing wrong by listening to their words. If the confessions of their mouth is wrong, it's because it's believing is wrong. If the believing is wrong, it's because our thinking's been wrong. And if our thinking's wrong, it's because we haven't renewed our mind to the Word of God. Because the Bible says that we are to not be conformed to the world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, the renovation of our minds. Now, what did Isaiah say in the 5th chapter? He said, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Well, does that just leave us in a dilemma that we will never be able to know God's ways and God's thoughts? Is that just a statement of fact that locates us and we'll never be able to rise above that? 
Of course not. He gives us then his word in order to be able to rise up to the place to where that we do know his thoughts and we know his ways and then we can begin to function in his ways. Not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing. That means you tear out the old. You renovate, literally is what the word in the, in the Greek means. You renovate, you tear out the old, and you put in the new. Praise the Lord. Take out that old, worn out, that old tradition. Take, how many of you ever watch HGTV? Come to our house and you'll see it. Praise the Lord, I tell you. I, I don't know how many, I think, I think I have watched almost every home in America be torn out or at least one in every city in America be torn out and replaced, you know, renovated. But this is what, this is what the writer of the book of Romans is telling us. You, you got to take out the old, that old, that old worldly, you got to renew it. And we renew it with the word of God so that we can prove, the rest of the scripture says, what's good, what is that acceptable in the perfect will of God. It's amazing to me the faith that we as Christians can put in wrong things, things that are contrary to God's word, things that are just in our heads, things that are, um, that have just, you know, they're not in, in the word. It's amazing how much unbelief that we can, we can put faith in, we can, we can demonstrate by simply confessing things that are not in God's word. But it's good news to know that God's given us his word in order to be able to retrain your thinking to retrain your mind, amen? And when our, our confessions, those things that, that, that come up through us and out of, our, out of our lips have grown up out of a, a, a heart that's filled with the knowledge of the word of God, amen, and then we apply unwavering faith to that, then we have the backing of God's word that supports us, amen? It makes our confessions then turn into a reality and the devil can't beat you then he cannot defeat you, you say well pastor I don't believe that well he says it but on the you know we said people say, well I don't believe that said, but but is that not what he said but I believe the Bible well if you believe the Bible then you believe that that you cannot be defeated Amen. pastor you hadn't looked at my life I'm not looking at your life I'm looking at the Bible hallelujah amen because your life and my life is not the standard Hallelujah. But this is the standard that we set our faith on. This is the standard of the truth. This is what is real, really real. Can I have an amen this morning? Hallelujah. All right. Well, let me leave you with some things this morning to, to kind of, uh, you know, chew on. Maybe some spiritual meat. I want you to eat on and consider concerning the role of confessions and how they play a part in determining the experiences that, that we have in this, in this walk of faith. Uh, some of you who are, have been attending our Wednesday services, you may, you know, I may repeat a couple of things that I have uh, shared in those services, amen. But uh, let me just share a few things with you. You may say, well, Pastor, you know, I, I, think, I think people just make too much of this. Words, you know, just what we say, that, that really doesn't have that big of an effect on our lives, you know. I mean, I've been saying so and so and so and so and it hasn't happened. I've been saying this and so But we've been surprised what we've been saying and it actually is happening. Amen. We believe the Bible, don't we? Do you believe the Bible? Well, 
what does the Bible say about your words? Let me give you a couple of scriptures here. Proverbs 13, 3 says, He who guards his mouth guards his life. Mm. He who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. What does that mean? He who speaks carelessly, uses carelessly with his words, he'll come to ruin. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power, which is a word for strength. Uh, sometimes it's translated the hands, the working of, the, like a hand's work and create. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Jesus said this. Jesus said in Matthew the twelfth uh, chapter, he said, by, by your words, you are justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. So based on the importance of our words, then let me leave you a few things uh, to just chew on about giving attention to the confession of your mouth, okay? Praise the Lord. I'm going to give you eight things if I have time. And I'll give you five if I only have time for five, all right? But you'll miss out if I don't get you those last three. So praise God, y'all pray for me that I'll hurry. Number one, number one. And we mentioned just a moment ago, the confessions of our mouth locate us. Write that down. The confessions of my mouth locate me. In other words, it fixes my position. It tells me where I am. It tells me what I know in the word. And it also tells me what I'm calling into my life. What I'm calling into my life. In fact, our, uh, our confessions actually reveal, they reveal where we are spiritually. They reveal what we are expecting in our lives. We begin to voice what we're expecting. The, confession, the confessions of our mouth, our sayings, actually reveal our attitudes. They, they reveal if we, if we are fixed on an attitude or a working attitude of the sacred or the secular. Sacred or the secular. Do you know that that's one of your greatest challenges in life is to stay in the sacred and not in the secular? Because you live in the flesh. You live in the flesh, the secular. But God wants us, our minds and our hearts to stay on the sacred. Amen. But our words, they begin to reveal, they expose the attitudes of our heart. Our words about life reveal whether our mind is fixed on God's way and God's promises or if they're fixed on the world's way, if they're fixed on human effort and reasoning and trying to figure it out. I mean, don't you ever think for a minute, listen to me, believers, don't you ever think for a minute that your words are not a direct reflection of what is really on the inside of your heart? What is inside your heart? And when we, can, when we begin to notice that, that words, the things that are beginning to come up out of our mouth are words of, uh, of anger, words of, of doubt, words... That are, that are just saturated with fear. Words that are, you know, that, that are, they're, they're malice. There's malice in our words. When we begin to realize that, man, those things that are coming up out of me, I, yeah, it amazes me. It amazes me. Believers, and the, the words that come out, the, the cursings, the cursings that come out. So, Pastor Albert, there you go again. You're an old fossil, you know, talking about, you know, 
Man, I'm telling you, I just can't imagine Jesus saying a lot of the things that, that our culture and society and Christians say today. Hello, we're getting real quiet now. Maybe I better move along here. But when those things, they just come out, so we say, well, Pastor, you know, that, that's just words. That's not really me. You know, <laughs> that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it out of the abundance of our heart. You know, well, Pastor, you know, uh, God knows my heart, and, and that's not the way I really am. We cannot, we, we can't deny, we cannot be deceived and keep denying that that's not what's in our heart if that's what keeps coming out of our mouths. Hello? Amen. The Bible, Jesus said that. He said, listen, uh, uh, good things out of the treasure of a man's heart will come out, uh, are going to come out of his life. He's got good things in the treasure, good things are going to come out. Uh, the evil things come out of a, uh, a man's heart that's got evil treasures inside there. <clears throat> he said, out of the overflow of your mouth, your heart's going to speak. So if God's word is, is, is not the basis of our confession, and we just keep slipping back in, in, into, into natural speaking and to, and to fear and, and our expectations, then we have to do something with it. We have to deal with it. Praise the Lord. Amen. And not deny it. Have to make a change. Number two, our confession is faith's way of expressing itself. Our confession is faith's way of expressing itself. You know, living by faith is more than... Uh, you know, just saying something or writing it down or just an idea. Living by faith is not just an idea. It's an action. It's, 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 faith is something that, that stands up. Faith is something that moves. Faith speaks. Faith declares things. Praise the Lord. Faith, faith has to have a way to express itself. And sometimes we, we do it by a, an action that we do, a step that we take, you know, a, a stand that, that we take. But most of the time, uh, one of our initial ways uh, to express our faith is with our words. Praise the Lord. The, uh, the Apostle Paul said in, in his writings in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what's written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. What? Because we believe in something, then we speak it. We confess the promise and so forth. Faith says what God has already said and just like doubt will begin to express you know uh, what's in our hearts what's in, a, what's in our, uh, the secular mind human reasoning or the words of, of the devil the, the, in, in Romans chapter 4 the Bible says and Abraham wasn't weak in his faith and he didn't consider his own body he was already dead since he was a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb he did not waver get this verse 20 he did not waver at the promise through unbelief, but here's what he did. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He was voicing. He was, you know, that praise. He was thanking the Lord. He was giving, giving expressions of glory to God, which is his faith being expressing itself. He was confessing what God had promised him, that he would have a son. Amen? Number three, faith confessions Create word promises. Faith confessions create word, I'm talking about the word of God, promises. In other words, saying what God has said 
not what others say, not what your you know, family's saying, what the world says, the TV says, not what's saying, what you know, fear is saying, but confessing the promise is ours in the face of whatever looks natural. It doesn't look like it could possibly be, but we're confessing what the, the Word says. It supports, it just undergirds, it fuels the force of our faith to create the promise that God has already made to us. Proverbs 18 and verse 20 says, From the fruit of his mouth a man is satisfied. From the fruit of your lips you're satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Number four, your faith cannot produce beyond your confession. Now we touched on this one on Wednesday night in our class in here. But you cannot, we, we can't have health and provision and joy and freedom, you know, while we're, we're speaking just the opposite. We're speaking poverty and we're speaking lack and we're speaking our woes and we're speaking our, sick, our sicknesses. Our faith cannot rise above our words. Our faith cannot rise above our words because our words are a reflection of our expectation that is in our heart. So the Bible's really clear on this. When God, when God wanted to create uh, the worlds, what did he do? He, he said, he said, he said. He said what he wanted to create. He said, let there be light, and there was light, etc. He said. Now, all of us want what the Word says. We all want the promises. I do too, man, I tell you. We all want that. The things that are promised, the things that Jesus has procured at the cross for us. But how many times do we say we believe one thing and we talk a different thing. Hello. Hello. Praise the Lord. Well, well oh, you know, Pastor, I need a miracle. We need a miracle. We ask for a miracle. We confess the scripture that covers a miracle. We're okay for a little while. and First thing we know, we realize that we're talking, when we, that subject comes up, we're talking about something contrary to what we say that we believe. And we wonder why it doesn't happen. Now, here's number five. Faith never grows beyond your confession. Faith never grows beyond your confession. What, what is it that causes your faith to increase? Have you ever thought about that? What causes your faith? Does prayer cause your faith to increase? Oh, God, pray. I pray, oh, God, that you give me more faith. Oh, God, give me more faith. Does prayer do it? You know, the Bible's really, really pretty simple about it. It tells us in uh, Romans, the 10th chapter and the 17th verse, it says, faith comes by hearing. and hearing by the word of God. Faith, the word comes there is an added word uh, just to help clarify it, but it really just says faith by hearing. Hearing what, pastor? Hearing the word of God. Faith by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. In order to grow our faith, increase it in strength and in power, praise the Lord, and, and, and in might, it has to hear the Word of God. It's got to hear. It's got to hear the Word of God. It needs to hear the Word of God coming out of our mouth. Amen. It needs to hear. Our faith has to hear the confessions of our heart that agree with the Word of God. But if it hears grumbling, and if it hears complaining, and if it hears our whining, and it, 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 you know, hey, and it hears our, and it, our faith can't grow. Faith, faith never grows beyond your own confession. We have to take that as a truth. 
It responds. It responds when we let it hear the story, glory to God, of what God has done for you. You begin to let your faith hear the story of what the Word says, how that God has made you more than a conqueror in all things. Glory to God. Well, I don't feel like a conqueror, but the Word says I'm more than a conqueror in all things. Praise the Lord. I begin to let my faith hear that I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God. My faith, my faith can, it can grow and increase and, and get stronger as, as it hears me confess that. Praise the Lord. My faith grows and gets stronger when it hears me say, the greater one indwells me. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Glory to God. I overcome the world. My faith overcomes the world. Number six, we will never rise above our confession. You never rise above your confession. When we say we can't do it, we can't. We can't. Why? Because we concede. We concede that we're not able. We concede that we don't have it. Even though the word may say that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but we concede that we can't do it. We're unable to do it. We're inadequate to do it. And therefore, we can't do it. Amen. But when we say, uh, you know, how, how weak we are and, and ill-equipped and we're lacking, then what we're going to do is actually hit that target because that's where we're not going to exceed the target but we're going to hit. We're going to hit that target. You know, the children of Israel. They, at one point in their history, they came up to the very border of their promised land, of their wealthy place, of their place of plenty. They came up to the border, and you know the story. As they sent in their spies, they came back, and they, they said, "This is what they said." They said, "Man, we took a look at it, and we are like grasshoppers. We're we're like insects." in the eyes of the inhabitants and we can't take that place although God had said that they were well able God had said I'm taking you to a place and God had said I'll fight the battle for you you know the victory the victory's yours I'll, I'll fight this battle battle for you Amen. but they said they said we're like grasshoppers and they never were able to rise above their confession that generation died in poverty and they died in want but when we hold fast come on guys come on when we hold fast to the confession of the lordship of Jesus Christ and Jesus comes and sits on the throne room of our hearts and he takes ascendancy there praise the Lord then he will take us and lead us to the place of success he'll take you to the victory glory to God number seven our confession will either give God dominion over you or Satan dominion over you? And we just have to ask the question, which one do you want? Number eight, because I'm also out of time. Number eight, our confession will restore broken fellowship. Our confession restores broken fellowship. Now, you know, when we talk about this, it has a different, a different approach, a different look. It has a different facet of our confession. Our confession is what God uses for us to be able to restore fellowship, a believer to restore fellowship with God. You know, when, when, whenever uh, we're out of fellowship with the Lord, uh, our, faith, our faith has no strong confession. Have you ever noticed that... Uh, I'm sorry, I would hope that you haven't ever, but if you've ever been 
away from the Lord? Have you ever done anything that where you just, man, you found yourself sliding back? Old timers, we called it backsliding. You know, you find yourself, and, and there's just, you just don't have that relationship and that close fellowship with God. You ever found yourself that way? How many of you, how many of you realize that you don't really have, your faith didn't have a confession in that place? You, you don't have, you have no boldness with God. The Bible says that if our heart doesn't condemn us, we have boldness to the Lord, and then we can say, you know, he is our, our provider. Amen. But we, we, don't have a, we don't have a strong confession when a, when a person is out of fellowship. We, we have no confidence. We don't have any joy in the Lord if we're out of fellowship. We don't have a song in our heart, you know, because of sin, 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 missing God, just, just, just in, getting into that secular, walking away from the sacred, just missing God. It just, it takes out our song, takes out our joy. I'm talking about in relation to God, and, and it just takes out, it puts the light out. We, instead of walking in light, we're then walking in darkness. If you have your Bible, look in 1 John, the first chapter. Look at this. 1 John, the first chapter. The Bible addresses this. And I'm going to go, we'll go down to verse 7 to just pick it up. We could go earlier, but for the sake of time. Go to verse 7. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, when we're walking, yeah, close to God, everything's good. We're walking in the light. As he is in the light, we have fellowship. We have fellowship one with another. Now watch this. And it says, And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all of our sins. But then it says, But if you say you have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I think sometimes we, we don't quite grasp what it is saying here. He's, he's saying, look, if, if we have sins, and we say we have no sins, then we are deceiving ourselves. I'm okay. Everything's all right with me. I'm all right with God. My relationship's all right, but we know that it's really not all right because we are not in the light. We have no boldness. There's no, there's no song. We have no song in our heart when it comes to relationship with God. He says, he says look, you're, you're just deceiving. You're deceiving yourself. And then he says, if you confess your sin, it's a different confession. If we confess our sin, if we if we will if, if we will say, "You're right, Lord, and I'm wrong," then he says that he is he is faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. He uses the word from unrighteousness, un things that aren't right. That place of being not right. He cleanses us. He cleanses us from that. You know, there's, a, there's an account in, in Psalms, the 137th Psalm, first few verses of that is, the, is kind of the story of the children of Israel at a point in their history when they were, they were away in captivity in Babylon. And in that time, they, had, they, had, they hadn't stayed close to the God. And, you know, they'd gotten over into pagan worship and all that kind. Of, and God had allowed them to be carried into captivity over into Babylon. And in their captivity, their captors, you know, they said to them, they, 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 how about now, sing us a song. Sing us a song about your Zion. Sing us a song about your homeland. Sing us a song, a, a one of your worship songs. Sing us one. And they couldn't. 
They were just, all they could do is weep. They couldn't sing. They had no song when they were out of fellowship. Isn't that something? And it's the same way that we are someday. If we, if we allow anything in our lives to get us a little out of fellowship or a lot out of fellowship, we have no boldness, we have no confidence, we have no faith confession. You may think this morning, you know, that, that the, for all that message I preach, you know, that does, that's a, to believers, that doesn't apply to me. You know, I, the, no, listen, it, it applies to us, this thing, because he says, listen, if you're in that place and you have no song and you have no fellowship, there is a confession that restores your relationship with God. And he simply says, what do we do? How do we restore it? If you just confess it, confess your sin to God, he's faithful and he's just. That means, that means it's right. He doesn't, he's not even, he doesn't have to even be fair. It may not be fair that you're forgiven. You may have, sometimes people do things that it's not even fair that they would say, well, you know, hey, it's, it's, it's okay between me and God. No, fair, fair doesn't have anything to do with it, but he's just. He does what is right. He always does what's right. He's, he's faithful, and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe, maybe that's your story today. Maybe that's your story. And my, my word to you today is this is the kind of confession that will restore relationship with God. Amen. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? I, I just believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking, is speaking to some, not just somebody, but, but many. That the Holy Spirit is just speaking. And he's saying to us, you know, take a look. Sometimes, sometimes we feel kind of dead, you know, in our, our walk with God. Sometimes we feel like when we're just cold. I'm just going through a desert place. Sometimes, sometimes it's because we, we, we have let some things come in. We've taken up some habits. We, we've, we've let our confession become secular. And we're living more a life of the secular than we are the sacred. And as you're just there right there, if, if that's you, I, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not even going to ask. I'm going to ask you to come forward. I'm going to ask it to be something between you and God. And I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to encourage you during the time I'm praying, if you would just say, Lord, uh, I just say you're right. I just, I, I, I give it up. I'm sorry. Lord, Let's just, would you just restore for fellowship? Can I restore my fellowship with you and go from there? Now, you prayed that prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for those who may be sitting in their, their seat this morning. and It's like they're in their own little private cubicle. <laughs> Hallelujah. And there they are. There you are. There the Holy Spirit is. Lord, I thank you that you reveal to us places where we, we, we've let it go. Maybe we've let our confessions slip so bad. We've let the words of our mouth go back into the, into the secular so much. We didn't think that was what was in our heart, but we let some things into the heart. 
and we need to get them out. Now, Lord, for any person who may be in that situation today who's praying to you now, I thank you for your word. And I confess your word over them. You said if they would confess their wrong, their sin, they're missing the mark, that you are just and faithful to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness, to perfectly restore fellowship. Now, thank you, Father. That's the miracle that's happening today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when we go to God and, and we're sincere before the Lord and we open up our hearts to God, and you know, sometimes those are the moments. They're, they're very sacred moments. But that's not the totality of the race. We take those as the beginning of a change. Those, that's the marker. That's the place where we, that's the GP, we've been fixed. There's our place. And then we walk on with God. And walking on with God requires that we seek him. That we learn about him. I don't think, I don't ever want you to ever be able to go to this church for very long and not realize the importance that we put on the fact that you need God's word in your heart. You will not make it in the last days without God's word deeply rooted in your heart because the deceiver will get you. He will come after you. Amen. So it's, it's, it's a start when we pray and God, you know, that's our start. Then we walk on after him. We pursue him with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our strength. He becomes our priority. And may I just encourage you today, make Jesus Christ the priority of your life. The knowing of the word, the priority. And I don't care what you have to do to put that coming into the knowledge of God's word, knowing his ways, knowing his thoughts, knowing who he is, knowing what he is going to, what he has said about things having to do with your life. You make that the priority of your life and you change anything else that's going on in your life in order, in order to make that your priority because we're going to need it in the days that we live in. Amen. The apostle Paul didn't say that in the last day perilous times would come for nothing. Amen. And we're living in them. Hallelujah. And during those times, if we link up with God's word, releasing our faith in what he has said about our situation and our lives and who we are and what we can do and what we can have, the devil will not be able to defeat you. You will live in victory. Can somebody give the Lord a shout? Hallelujah. You'll live in victory. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask our prayer leaders if they'd come around the front. If anyone needs, you just need.